today is 9-11, the anniversary of that fateful day. I want to focus on the ramifications of the actions of those who perpetrated these uh, traitorous and tragic acts. But then I also want to focus on how this affects us, you, me, and everybody globally, not just in the U.S., how these actions affect us on a soul basis. One of the things also that I wanted to focus on was how the actions and the effects of these acts began who knows when, right? But I know it's way prior to birth because um, the soul knows what the purpose is. Although they might, although the soul may not know exactly what that purpose is, it knows its purpose is to touch people on a grand scale. So today is all about the spiritual reasons and ramifications for all souls on 9-11 no matter what year it is. And of course, as we know, the ramifications and the implications span, it'll span thousands and thousands of years, as we know through history books, right? So we have to understand first the beginning. So I will go back to many, many moons ago, if you will, and I'll discuss a little bit. It might get a little deep for you guys. But from my findings as a spiritualist minister and as a spiritual medium, talking to souls and knowing about reincarnation and the cycle and growth of our souls, that's what we're going to be focusing on today. If you want a reading pertaining to your soul, your soul growth, and how you can help or... Um, the changes that you're going through, or even if you just want to share your experience about what 9-11 means to you and how is it, it has affected you as a spiritual being, right? How it's affected your soul. So um, I do have one person on the line, Doris, and I will get to you in just a moment. I did want to uh, follow along a little bit of a script so that I make sure that I um, kind of cover everything that I need to cover today. So there's a little bit of reincarnation knowledge with this. One of the things that I have seen in talking about reincarnation and teaching reincarnation for 20 some years is the fact that we know our soul's purpose upon creation. So when your soul was created, you might not have like the whole ball of wax planned out. Of course not, because things come and go in our lives as we are um, exposed to them. However, there are souls I have seen who will affect the world, the universe, on a global scale. But how do they choose to do that? That's what I want to get across today to you. So each of us has a soul purpose, right? You kind of know. I think everybody knows what their purpose is, whether it's to teach or to heal or to be that confidant or the leader or the follower or the person who uplifts and empowers. We all know what those strengths are. 
it's those people who have touched the world on a global scale, positive or negative, that we're talking about today. I want you to keep in mind that the positive or negative is a learned choice or simply a choice because of their the person's past or and it can also be that persons or the perpetrators lesson as to where they are now as a soul for instance in a nutshell bear with me here in a nutshell let's say um Susie is supposed to be a world-renowned um, author, all right? However, she's done this many times in the past. So obviously, she comes into this world, this lifetime, with that same sole purpose. But because of her familial upbringing and her... Uh, maybe her abuse as a child, maybe she has now the option to go about being this world-renowned author in multiple ways. She can take that, that difficult life that she's led and use it to teach other people or to inspire or to empower other people to receive help and to help other people. That would be a positive way. Or she could use this lesson and then take what she learned and then be the perpetrator because that's what she knows and that's what she's learned. It really is that simple. It really is that simple. And you and I would say, well, how could that ever? Why would they ever choose that? Because God gives you free will. God gives you free will. And if it's up to your conscience, or if it's in your karmic lesson, or maybe you've only reached that level of spiritual de development and soul development. So this is what you know to do, because you're just repeating a pattern. Eventually, through multiple lifetimes, soul's progression will rise higher and higher and higher and get more spiritual and more uh, godlike, more Christ-like, more elevated. And eventually through multiple lifetimes, that will change. That will change. And then the choice is the person who uses those hardships to inspire. Mm -hmm. So, if we look at, I would like to look at the perpetrators first. So those who committed the acts on 9-11. And keep in mind, we're looking at thousands and thousands of people that are involved here, right? It's not, it's not a uh, one or two people that, that piloted the planes. Of course not, as you know. So how do they come about getting into that position in the first place? Because I believe, as someone who's taught reincarnation forever, we choose our parents. 
we choose our parents because they're going to show us how to be or how not to be. That's the big thing here. That's the big point that we need to look at when someone reincarnates, whether it's you, me, or the perpetrator, right? So while we choose those parents, we also have free will, again, to turn away from that life or be ingrained in that life. And if you are a, I want to say a weaker person, if you are someone who's very affected or infected by their society or being roped in by those who are uh, above you are in power, it may be easy to simply follow along with that negative crowd. Isn't that a sad thing? Yeah. It would take a strong person in any situation to buck that system. And we know that when you're in that kind of situation, especially as a child, the first thing that you want to do is please your parents. You want to be like your parents. It's not until we get a little bit older do we start thinking, hmm, maybe that's just not right. Because then we start seeing things from a different standpoint. But do we ignore it or do we heed it? There's, there's the rub, my little chicklets. There's the rub. So as you can understand, all right, maybe not, of course, from that global scale. When you were born or when you were raised, what type of household were you raised in? If you happen to have been raised in a difficult household, you can understand, at least to a little bit of a degree, how the people, these perpetrators, grew up in a difficult situation. But like you, you have the opportunity to move toward an evil act or a negative act, or you have the ability and the God-given will to pull away from it. And they did too. Unfortunately, because they were probably raised in a situation where this is all it was, there wasn't necessarily much positive around them. They don't know where to go. So this is where they're following, this is where they're being led. And either they didn't have the uh, guts to push through those norms and to break away from that, or they simply didn't have that ability without losing their life in the process. I do have to make mention here, I am not justifying the terrorist acts on 9-11. Of course I'm not, or any terrorist acts. Absolutely not, because I'm just as red-blooded as anybody else. However, as a spiritual medium who's talked to victims, I haven't talked to any perpetrators, which is a good thing, but as someone who understands the uh, ramifications of reincarnation and karma, I'm trying to share with you the hows and whys, at least to a small degree. It goes much deeper than this, but 
I guess for the, the purposes of this webinar, this would be the easiest way to describe it, right? So again, I'm not making excuses. I'm just trying to explain how this came about from a karmic level, from a soul level. I am going to take questions again about the topic today, how 9-11 affected you, how you feel like it affects you as a soul being. And I enjoy sharing these ideas with you. And I really enjoy the give and take in these because it gives us all insight, gives us all a different aspect to learn from. Because as we know, it's not my way or the highway. It's everybody's way that affects the global outlook. And um, it affects the global intention. Yeah, it's, it's big. As we said, let's share where we were and what our impressions were. The day that I heard, I didn't hear any of this happened. I didn't have any radio on, didn't have the TV on. I was grocery shopping. So I didn't hear about it until like 10 o'clock or 10.30 in the morning when I got out into the car and turned on my radio. And I just sat there in the parking lot of the supermarket. And of course, I was in shock like everybody else. So then what do you do? My first inclination is let me grab my kids from school because my kids were in school at the time. Let me grab them from school. Let me get my husband and, and let's hunker down and be all together, right? Because our existence, our way of living was threatened. And for all we know, this could trickle down. Right? It could trickle down every major city in the, in the country. We didn't know. So, yeah, so let's move on. Um, what about the victims? I'm talking about the victims who are in the, the World Trade Center uh, building one or two, uh, their families, their, their extended families even. So those are the victims. Um, those, the, the firefighters and the first responders and the other people who are caught in the melee during all of this. Well, they too agreed to this. I know, don't freak out. I'm just a messenger. These people, prior to their passing, and remember when I talked earlier about affecting the world on a global scale to make a difference in society, to make a difference in our spirituality, in our knowledge, and our compassion, but in a huge way. That's what these people understood on a soul basis prior to coming into this world. In opposition or opposite to the perpetrator, they have then taken that choice, that choice they had on a soul and spiritual basis to affect the world, not infect the world on a global scale. You know, because this is the first time that U.S. soil was really attacked, there's such a, and it was done in such a big, big way, 
we have to understand that each and every one of those victims, their families, um, the surrounding cities, that each one of those people has a piece in that puzzle to affect the global community. I want you to think back to um, the concentration camps in World War II. Same thing. These people have made us aware as a society that this evil lurks among us and that it's inside of us. It's inside of us. But we have the opportunity to acknowledge it or to push it away. We've each and every one of us has been given that. You know, as the mother, my mother, you know, the, the mother and me, the mother and me comes out saying, wouldn't you protect your cubs with your life? You betcha. And that's a free will thing. So these victims did the same thing. They were that mother cub protecting the world, protecting their, their cities, their, their global uh, awareness with their life. And they willingly gave of themselves. Unbeknownst to all of them, obviously. Now, well, maybe not, maybe not all of them, because there might be perpetrators like in the buildings that, well, they knew, you know, they, they willingly gave of themselves um, in the act. But anyway, so getting back to that, one of the things also that I'd like to bring up is the fact that, so prior to their birth, these victims' birth, they knew that they would affect the world, the universe, really the universe. On a man-made scale, they affected the world globally. On a universal scale, they affected the universal oversoul with the energy, with the energy of fear and negativity, the energy of love. Because you have to understand that prior to their birth, they knew because of who they were as a spiritual being, that what they were doing was giving of themselves for the betterment of mankind. And if it needed to happen on such a global scale to give us that shake-up or that wake-up call, then that's what happened. And the same thing happened again in World War II. We needed that shake-up, that, that, like, come on, let's get ourselves together. We have to recommit to humanity. You know, when uh, Pearl Harbor was bombed, that was, of course, it was a horrendous event. Of course it was. But 9-11, of course, with the advent of uh, bigger bombs and, and different kinds of intelligence, you know, the, the global scale just gets larger and larger and larger. And thus, we have more and more and more people that are affected. So I believe as we learned of 9-11, we learned of those, the airplanes uh, crashing into the Trade Center, that we're not in our own little 
land anymore. You know, it's not the world or uh, it's not Oz anymore, right? We're not in Kansas. So it opened our eyes to realize that we have to be the light. We have to be the light in the storm. And those victims helped us to understand that we have that power of choice and to be the light so that other people can understand us. And it's, it's huge. It really is huge. It's, it's such a, um, it's a universal, it's a universal thing. And I'm in awe of those people who touch the lives of trillions worldwide. And not only those, but for those who are to come. Yeah, because as we know through our history books, we're still affected by those pictures we see on TV of uh, Nazi war camps or the bombings in Pearl Harbor or even, you know, even um, the Alamo and, you know, all these great historical events that happen, the atrocities, and 9-11 will be no different. So hundreds and who knows, maybe even thousands of years later, we'll be talking about that, those acts. And let's pray to God that we as society, as a global entity, learn. Right? It doesn't have to be that way. So if you would like to receive a reading or if you'd like to share your aspect of the 9-11 events, you need to raise your hand. Um, I'd love to hear where you were and how it's affected you as a spiritual being, as a soul. Okay, so I'll move forward a little bit. Now, I also want to, well, we touched upon a little bit about the, the global, the universal um, over soul. So obviously, you know that each one of us has a soul, has a spirit. Our soul is what is connected to God, and our soul encases our spirit. So that soul, the part that's always connected to God or connected to the higher source or the source or whatever you want to call it, everyone is connected to that, past, present, and future. On the other side, there is no time. So all those souls that have um, committed acts, who have uh, been victim of acts, who have brought positivity or negativity, we're all still connected to God. We're all still connected. So as we as souls perfect that soul through uh, spiritual advancement and growth and uh, promoting love and kindness and compassion for our fellow men, for our fellow spiritual men. We affect our soul, thus affecting the oversoul, the global entity. So in doing that, I want you to understand, please, how much of an impact that you can make. I can't tell you how often I hear people saying, well, it's just me. Like, what can I do to change things? 
It's not necessarily what you can physically do. Like, do I go to 9-11? Do I walk in marches, you know, to, to raise awareness? Do I burn the flag? Do I take a knee? Do I, whatever you do, it doesn't matter, right? Because you have free will. But please understand and realize that what you are is contributing to that oversoul, is contributing to that God or the higher spiritual mentor that we all have. So yes, you being a good person, you being compassionate and kind and considerate makes a huge difference. I like to believe, and I know, that everybody's, you know what, we all have that good in us. We all have that good in us. But it's us to up to present that to the world. Because in doing so, not only does it reinforce who we are, this is our commitment. This should be our honor and our integrity. Not only to ourselves, but to, more importantly, our fellow man. But now you understand how the energy that you emit, whether it's, whether it's um, saying hello to a stranger at the store or giving up your parking space or you know, helping, helping that little old person across the street, whatever it is, that act of kindness, that goes into the oversoul. So the more you can do that, be the perpetrator of that. Be the perpetrator of kindness and love and peace and joy. Be that. You know the movie, what was it, Pay It Forward with Haley Joel Osment, I think it was? Yeah, pay it forward. And ask others to pay it forward. It could be as simple as that. It could be as simple as that. Realize that today, 9-11-2018, if you're listening to this in years to come, that you had a role to play in every, every positive or negative event in history. And you will have a role to play in future events, positive or negative. Am I saying you're responsible for 9-11? No, I'm not. But the more we can output or emit peace and love, the better off we're going to be. And act upon it. Act upon it, right? So give of yourself in any way that you can. It doesn't have to be monetary, of course, and that's absolutely not, that's the least of it. So I encourage you to, to do what you can, whether it's uh, lawmaking or marches or um, encouraging others to stand up, to empower other people, to encourage other people to um, put themselves in a better society. That's huge. You know, just yesterday I had 
a woman come to me as a client and she was in a desperate place. And that's exactly what I did. I simply tried to empower her to show her what the positive aspects she has to look forward to instead of focusing on the negative. Yeah, so let's all do our part, shall we? <laughs> yes, we shall. I, I really hope. I really hope. So let me take a look again at the live board. I have Deanne on, and I'd like to promote her to panelist. There we go. Hi, Deanne. Thanks Hi. for joining. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. So where were you on 9-11-01? I was actually at work. Um, we heard about it on the radio. Then there was TVs. Um, at the same time, my best friend's dad was in the hospital, very ill, and he passed away on that day. And her brother was out of state and couldn't get home to see him. My brother was in the military, so I didn't know if they were being attacked. So right. there was a lot of stress, a lot of fear of the unknown. Um, but what kind of I take from that is um, I teach my son, who's going to be 13 next week, that not to judge a book by its cover, to be kind and courteous to everyone, to help those who he may not know them. If he sees someone struggling or someone being picked on to step up and be that person who will have their back, even if he doesn't know wonderful. them. So that's wonderful. Let's try to, keep, like you said, keep the positivity. Um, today is actually my 14th wedding anniversary. So oh um, we decided to make the day a positive instead of focusing on the negative, but we do remember those who gave their lives and that they're not, um, lost in meaning or uh, forgotten by any means. So 9-11 is really important to you. And, and wow, in I'm very ways, glad yes. and, and proud that you have taken something that is horrible and you're using it for a positive, like being a positive role model for your son. Because, you know, I don't know where you're at. I'm in, I'm in like outskirts of Detroit. And this is one of the biggest Middle Eastern areas that there is outside the United States. And so there's Middle Eastern and Asian and like, oh my gosh, it's such a global, it's such a yes. global uh, population here. You know what? After 9-11... There was a lot of fear, you know, and these people, of course, they had nothing to do with it. They just lived here, you know, right. they left those countries so that they could better themselves, but now they're being victims again, right? Yes. So I, I'm really glad that you're teaching your son to be compassionate because the negativity is not race or gender specific. Right. Yeah. So I love that you're ha having him look at people in general outside of their appearance. I love that. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. And happy anniversary. Thank you so much. Have a great you're day. You're welcome. You take care, dear. Bye. Bye-bye. Wow, kids. That was really, mm, that's something. 
you know, to have this on your anniversary. So not only will you always remember 9-11, yikes, right? So it kind of overshadows, but Deanne was taking that and using it in such a positive way. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. So you're taking that sour apple and making wine, baby. I love it. That's great. Let's go on. Speaking a little bit about uh, upcoming events that I have, I am obviously, if, if you're watching this, you probably know I am an internationally known spiritual medium, psychic medium, I call myself, because that's how people understand what I do. Um, I have a great big expo coming up in Ann Arbor, Michigan on the 22nd and 23rd of September 2018. And I will be doing a public free spirit gallery at two o'clock on Saturday, the 22nd. So if you'd like to come out for that, um, there is a admission charge, but if you go on to um, enlightenedsoulexpo.com, then you can get a coupon for that too as well. Um, so I will be there doing readings, discounted readings. Um, I don't do discounted readings real often, but expos and once in a while I do freebies online, like, like the webinars. So take advantage of that. I implore you. I would love to see you. And then I do have a public spirit gallery upcoming on the 29th in Macomb County at the Mind's Eye Bookstore, which is just a fantastic place. Oh my gosh, it's so cool. They do so many different things, offer so many different classes and uh, speakers and events and things like that. So you would love it. I bet you you would love it. Yeah, so it's on the 29th of September from 7 to 9. Take a look at my website. All the public events are there, as well as information on readings, of course. Um, I do also have a public spirit gallery coming up, which is a benefit spirit gallery on October 7th for the Washington Historical Society. Isn't that appropriate? Yes, for today's date. Um, I will be offering you know, all the money is completely given back to the, to the Historical Society. And they do a lot of work with, um, granted, um, the tragedies, but also the simple history of Michigan and the surrounding Macomb County area. So there's authors there and they offer lots of books and of course artifacts and things like that. It's a museum and, and it's a really cool place. So I like to offer my support to those places because let's face it, a lot of times they're running on a shoestring budget. So this is my, one of my ways that I give back to organizations that, that need help. Um, yes. Yeah, so come on out. You can find all those events and information and locations and register for those events on my website, which is just mediumlisa.com. Yes. So there you go. Or lisabusan.com, but then I have to spell it out. So mediumlisa.com and then find the public events page of my website under events. Okay. So let's see if there's anyone else that has their hand raised. Eleanor does. Let's get Eleanor's take on 9-11. Hi, Eleanor. Hi. Hi. Right. Thanks for joining. Thank you. You're welcome. So where were you on 9-11? Um, I was, uh, my husband was stationed in Germany. Of course, we lived with him. Um, and actually, he was, 
as soon as all that happened, the men were called in, men and women were called in to work. So family members uh, were just seeing all this flurry of action going on around them. And the post that we lived on didn't have a fence around the housing area. So that went up real fast. Guards, guard stations were put up uh, real fast. And it was, it was like going into East Berlin <laughs> when the wall was still up. Mm -hmm. uh, it was difficult. Uh, also, what was interesting is that a lot of people that did not quite like Americans there, they were more vocal in their dislike for us. So really? it was, yeah, it was a little uncomfortable going out to places. Um, myself, I could look like anything. <laughs> Most people thought I was Greek, so they didn't realize I was American unless I spoke. Right. Uh, but my husband is very Irish, and they knew he was an American. Uh, so he had a harder time going out in public. Um, yeah, so it was really interesting to experience it from that perspective. And as I mentioned, it's coming home and talking to everybody here. It was scary for them, but to be put in lockdown so fast was uh, unnerving. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you it's know, it's interesting how the perception or the judgment of U.S. citizens or any other country citizens mm -hmm. simply because maybe what our forefathers did. But yes. wouldn't we think, well, I would hope, wouldn't we hope that there would be compassion there for no matter what country is being attacked? Oh, yes. Uh, also, I mean, we had people come from all different places, different cultures. In Germany, it's like in Amer America. We have... We had people from all over the place there. Right. So um, in many of the front gates of the different posts there, um, the citizens of Germany would come and leave wreaths and flowers and say sorry and all kinds of notes like that. So right. there is a lot of compassion for us there. But also um, just even before all this happened, we'd see uh, Muslim women in, you know, driving the back seat of their cars and stuff like this. And a lot of people didn't understand why you know and that they would say the women would say i would get out and, you know i'd be driving like you can't that's not what they know what they know is you know this way of life and that's what they're comfortable with you know that's how they live they grew up with these laws um mm -hmm. and that's them we can't say we would change this right away because we wouldn't be able to we can't um, exactly we can't know how we can't know that life you know? Exactly. And that's why I don't know if you were listening from the beginning or the, yeah, when I talked about the, from the perpetrator's point of view and the life that they were led into or were born into, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. So we can't judge that because we've not lived that. Well, maybe exactly. we have, but we've <laughs> roamed past that as a spiritual being, right? Yes. Um, so in that victimhood, and I do have to say, you know, the woman that I talked to yesterday was from the Middle East. And the perception there, you know, we see people, societies being subjugated or segregated, you know, and demoralized. And that's what they know. Yes. That's yes. what they know. Yes. It's a sad, sad thing. And we, as U.S. citizens, would say, well, let's just buck the system and we'll do around it. <laughs> It's not that easy. <laughs> Would it's all be running around with no head? <laughs> right, right. So, you know, and as in any any act that's that's negative, you know, you can't judge everyone for the acts of 
a choice few, you know, or, or a choice group, right? Mm -hmm. Granted, there might be hundreds or thousands or whatever, but we can't judge the whole country like that. You know, we, and nobody's we born that way. Nobody's born that way. We, we learn to be that way and we're told to be that way. And, yes. you know, there's a lot of negative stuff that's talk, talked about us for people to want to do things or for us to do want to do things to other people, you know, so it's, it's back and forth. Um, you know, that's where a lot of fear and prejudice comes from. Just exactly. the idea that we don't understand. We don't understand them. They don't understand us. And until we have the conversations, um, you know, we won't. That's true. That's true. So, yeah, yeah. To understand where each other is coming from. Yeah. Exactly. So thank you very much, Eleanor, for sharing you. your story. It shows because you have a different perspective from, you know, living outside of the country that, that, you know, it greatly affected us as a nation, even if, you know, the, the citizens were somewhere else, how much it impacted the world. Yes. Yeah, yes. it really did. It really did. So thank you very much for sharing your story. Mwah. Well, thank you for doing this today. I think it's needed. <laughs> thank you. You take care, my dear. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. Let me, let me see if there's anybody else with a hand raised. No, everybody's off. So I think that's about it, my kids. Um, you can find me and this webinar once I get done editing and adding all the intro and outro on my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash Lisa Busan. And I do have a website, lisabusan.com. That's Lisa, B-O-U-S-S-O-N.com or just medium Lisa. Com. It'll take you to the same place. You can find me on Facebook, of course. Just type in my first and last name, Lisa Busan, and you'll be taken to my professional Facebook page. I have classes and uh, blog posts and webinars and, uh, well, I also have an iTunes page. You can find me there. You can find me on Google Plus. So, or just do a search. <laughs> just do a search and I never know where I'm inspired. I'm, I'm God driven and, and driven by spirit. And, you know, I always, if I'm looking at nine 11 and I just happen to be hosting a webinar that day or doing something public, I always speak to this, but not quite in this depth. So I do want you to understand, please on a final note that I'm not the judge and jury. This is simply what I've, gained from years of looking at this through what I know about reincarnation and karma and how it affects us all and how we have to have the perpetrators so that we can all learn. That's the difficult part, unfortunately, because how many times have we said, well, it's not until we've been knocked on the head that we finally make a change. It's unfortunate, but it happens. So, my little chickadees, thank you for listening in. And until next time, may you seek the divine, be the divine, and you'll reap the divine. God bless. Mwah.